get a mentor, not because they know your business better, but they can help you build as a person. Um, I'm in automotive and some of my best mentors were from the financial world uh, because they forced me to think about things that I never even could think about. Hello and welcome to the Level Up Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harrell. As Dr. John C. Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. I will be interviewing CEOs, executive team members, and other leaders that are respected in the marketplace so that you can learn from their real life experiences. Our goal is to help you level up and more importantly, raise your leadership lid with practical action items that will help you make an even greater impact on the people you lead and the organizations you steward. If you're looking to level up your influence, then this is the podcast for you. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, and today we have Yost of Rice, CEO of DeLorean Motor Company with us. And there is obviously a lot of great things going on with DeLorean and the relaunch, resurgence and everything. And uh, it's such a privilege to be with you today, Yost, and to just hear from the visionary, right, of bringing back something that was my childhood. Uh, gosh, the Back to the Future series and seeing that car was so stinking cool. And uh, when I saw that you were making the move into San Antonio, it just excited me and said, I got to reach out. Hopefully he'll make himself available. And gosh, you responded in five minutes and I was just so grateful. So how are you doing today? Is life crazy or what? Well, good morning, Chris. Yes. Happy to be here. Uh, life is nuts and, and good nuts, but still nuts. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Well, I know you've had a uh, gosh, a very successful long career in the automotive industry with, like you said, Volvo for 25 years, Tesla, Karma, uh, and now you're CEO of DeLorean. Um, my gosh, you've been there five months. Has it been the fastest five months of your life? Uh, I think it's pretty comparable to where I was with Tesla when we started Model S. Uh, it, it's, it's all hands on deck, uh, every day something new. You forget more things than you execute and uh, the pile gets bigger. But it's all good. It is. It is. It is so exhilarating to start to produce something and start to build something with a small group of people and see it grow and see it evolve. It's just super exciting. Well, uh, as we were discussing uh, earlier, you know, it's it's so cool to watch the Twitter feeds and all those kind of uh, just the fans that have clearly been around for a long, long time, almost waiting for this to happen, right? Uh, and, and just. I mean, the attitude of as soon as it's available, I want one, you know, uh, I don't know another motor company on the market that can have that kind of fan draw uh, like you have. So kudos to your team. Yeah, the, the team has been amazing. It is, we've had uh, together with the original brand owner that, that held the brand a little bit hidden for the last 35 years. Uh, they have 33 million registered fans in 152 uh, clubs over 36 countries in the world. I mean, it is just insane. It is. We have to be so careful to say something because whatever you say will instantly be used against you if it is not to the liking of the fans. It, it's <laughs> great team. They, they've been super respectful of the brand, and we need to continue that because this brand is very much alive. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And I'm I'm sure you're expecting uh, a great review once the, the pre-launch goes into effect, right? That, that is what, what, what gets scary. I mean, you, you have a legacy that, that is 40 years old. You have a car that's an icon. How do you follow that up? Um, I think 
just to give you, we teased the rear quarter panel of the car. That rear quarter panel of the car probably took us, together with all the designing team, more than four weeks to finish. And normally you do this in a few days. That's, we have to be so careful. And, and I think you will see when the final product gets released that we've been very respectful, but we're definitely building a new icon. Hmm. I would agree. I would agree. The, the rear quarter panel was enough to, to get me excited. So I can imagine. The rest of it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, as we've discussed, um, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to really equip, develop uh, and share experiences from leaders like yourself or emerging leaders across the market. Um, I know that for my journey, I had a lot of great mentors along the way and some that weren't. And that also shaped me as a leader. But uh, I know you've had quite the journey in your professional career and uh, it's going to run through a series of questions that hopefully we can uh, really help level up emerging leaders today. So uh, ready to kick off some of the questions? Sure, go ahead. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so let's take me back just a little bit because De DeLorean is uh, such an exciting idea, concept and now a company and, and resurgence and everything that we've discussed already. But how did you first get introduced? You know, you've been in the industry for many, many years, but uh, how did you land at DeLorean after all these years with Volvo and, and Tesla and all these other organizations? Um, good luck. I think that's the easiest way to say it. But a few years ago, we had a project together with the current brand owners uh, of the brand. And they asked us, can you electrify the old 1980s DMC-12? And uh, it was a great project. Uh, ultimately, it didn't work because the legislati legislation that would have allowed it didn't come to pass. But we, we felt at that time the brand was so unbelievably strong once you dig a little deeper that DeLorean deserves more. So we created an, uh, a business case to bring the brand back as a full line OEM. And that's how I came into it. Um, good luck, great relations, and just knowing the industry. I love it. And uh, what we often say in the staffing world or recruiting world, it, it is a lot about who you know, right? And, and the, the relationships you have and that kind of thing. So uh, good for you and aligning with that group. That's for sure. Well, let's go back in time, Yost. How did your leadership journey begin? That's a very good question. Um, I think the leadership journey for me began in the late 80s when I was thrown into Russia at Volvo on my own, and I had to become my own leader. Um, it starts with yourself, look in the mirror. Um, when you are an individual contributor, you have the best school to become your own leader. And uh, little support is where you start to learn the value of relationships, people, uh, and slowly grow that out, build your networks, and, and ask people to do things for you, but ask them from a, um, yeah, not, not as a boss, but ask them from, try to participate with them, uh, collaborate with them. And, and that really taught me a lot, especially in foreign markets. So this is a long time ago, late 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I could not agree more with that, Yost. You know, the uh, I actually shared a pretty lengthy LinkedIn post the other day about collaboration and the importance of it and understanding the frontline folks, their needs and, and uh, their, their purpose in the organization. And uh, kudos to you for doing that in your first leadership role, <laughs> having the foresight to, 
to approach people that way because there, there's many that are running the dictatorship, right? And they, they see it as a, as a title and I'm the boss and um, yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Well, uh, it's obviously changed a lot. You said 40 years on that journey. Uh, I'm curious, and you probably had a few, what's been your greatest leadership challenge over the last 40 years? Listening, by far. I, I'm a very opinionated guy. I'm a very passionate guy. And I blab too fast. Um, people have opinions. And, and if you take a step back and take the 30 seconds extra to just really try to listen, you get so much more. Um, and, and it is not about age. It's just about who you are as a person, that, that you need to control your passion. You need to control how fast you want to shoot. You need to control not taking over, even though you think it's faster. In the end of the day, it isn't. Um, you can run a business on your own. You need your colleagues, you need your coworkers, you need the other people around you, you need your suppliers, you need your customers. Listen, that is my biggest challenge. And it still is after all these years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a challenge for most leaders, for sure. When, when would you say you had your first aha moment of that? Like, I, I really need to step back and, and listen. When I was living in China, at this, uh, I got a job as a president of a local joint venture building buses in the middle of China. And my chairman of the board was trying to tell me something it was difficult because I don't speak Chinese, he didn't speak English, so we had a translator in the middle. And I thought he said something and I reacted on that. And he was just so angry with me, really angry with me. And I truly didn't understand why. And then later when you reflect on that, it's like, damn, it was one word that I misunderstood. And that one word changed 180 degree where that whole relationship went. So I think it was by making a big mistake is, is, is not intentional. It wasn't even intentional, but just not taking that extra moment of trying to understand the meaning behind the words. It comes back to listening again. That, that was my aha. It's like, okay, slow down, step back, have another coffee and then react. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could imagine that was a great lesson for you, especially with the language barrier and all those kind of things. But um, good for you. you. You took the lesson and, and you adapted, right? And, I tried. <laughs> I know for me, uh, adaptation is a daily effort, right? And, and getting better at, at, at listening, like you said. Uh, I know for me, the, the reason why we bring great people into the organization is because they bring experience and wisdom and I need to lean on them in areas where I need to release. Do you have any of those release of control issues at all? Not anymore. I think what I've come to realize over the last few years is that if you hire people, whether they're very experienced or experienced, you hire them to be better than you in what they do. I mean, I have an opinion about the color of coffee. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm the right barista to make that decision. So hire the, the right barista for your coffee corner and, and you're going to have an awesome coffee. So don't step in the way. Um, my role as a CEO is to build a team. I'm, I'm the master Lego builder. That doesn't mean I need to understand every individual piece of the puzzle. Um, and, and yeah, I, I see that every day. And it is so exciting to see these people grow. It is, I thrive on that. So I, I'm the master puzzler. That, that is probably the best description of how I can put a CEO today. 
I love that. That's great. Well, and you're building a, a pretty significant team. Uh, how many are you expecting to hire in the next year, year or so? Um, this year, it's, it's startup year, so we will outsource a lot of fast uh, competence that I need. But here in San Antonio, we should be around 50, 60 people by year end. Wow. Uh, the building is too small beyond that. So 500 yards down the road, we have a new building going up where we can hire up to about 250. And then over the next coming years, we should be yeah, touching five, six hundred people. Wow. It's pretty significant growth. Yeah. But obviously, you can sell a lot of cars, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, well, I, I will be praying for that. I want this brand to be around for a long time. So, so you're actually planting yourself at Port San Antonio, right? Port San Antonio is uh, such a cool... Uh, really reinvention of uh, Kelly Air Force Base, uh, of the former into just this tech hub, and, and it, it's it's awesome to see. What caused you to, to land out there? Um, I wouldn't say dumb luck, because it isn't, but it does come from relations. Um, we, we met Jim Persbach and his team uh, earlier last year, and I was super impressed with his vision, um, his selectiveness of what companies he wanted to have here. Uh, what he's doing here with the esports arena, um, the flexibility of what he brought to the table. And, and San Antonio at that time was in competition with two other states, or Texas was in, in competition with two other states, um, Louisiana and South Carolina at that time. And, and ultimately, we narrowed it down to two, and then Port San Antonio actually became such a no-brainer. Um, it's close to Southwest Research Institute, which is one of the world leading uh, technological testing facilities that you can think of. Then you have a group here at the port that, that truly wants to grow, wants to innovate, bring software, uh, brings hardware. Um, one Robotics is here. It just fit. It, 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 and and uh, I've been here now for a few days. We just moved, we're in the middle of moving still. Um, and, and you see your neighbors, you see what they're doing, and it makes a lot of sense for us. Um, is it all pretty? Not yet. But if you look at the master plan that uh, that team wants to get together, we come back in five years, and, and this is a, a, definitely a pearl in, in, uh, in, uh, in the head of, uh, or feather in the head of San Antonio. It's going to be awesome. That's that's fantastic, and uh, no doubts about that. Uh, so, were you working closely with Greater SATX as well in the yes. decision process? Yeah, yeah. Greater SATX, uh, Bear County, the mayor's office. I mean, it's a collaborative effort. You, you don't choose headquarter locations by just talking to one group. You, you need everybody involved. We even had interviews with CPS uh, because we need a lot of power as an electric car company. Um, in, in the end of the day, the package that was put forward wasn't particularly better than any other state. Money-wise, it was even a lot lower. Um, but what happened here is that we had a deadline for Super Bowl where we needed to launch the brand uh, for our investors and show the world. And, and SATX and the greater SATX team were willing to break a few of their rules to, to allow us to have that done. And, and then you come back to okay, it's not about the building. It's not about anything else but people. Um, and, and they were willing to break their rules for us. And that for us made the decision, okay, it's San Antonio. And then it's port. 
It's a beautiful thing. I know Jenna and Sean over there at Greater SATX are committed to bringing innovative companies like yours and, and obviously the collaboration, like you said, with the mayor's office and those organizations landing at Port SA. Y'all are set up to win. I mean, in my opinion, San Antonio couldn't be a better place. I'm, I'm a little uh, biased having lived here my life, my entire life, but... <laughs> No, but okay, now, now the burden is also on us. We, we've made the decision to be here, so now we became part of the San Antonio Manufacturers Association. You become part of the Chamber of Commerce. So now the decision is made, we need to become integrated in the fabric of the city. So it, it's a two-way street. They, they've shown us that they're willing to run and, and do things for us. Now we need to show them that we're willing to be part of the local community too. And so... I have regarded this positive pressure. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. Uh, well, I got a, I got a, a slightly different question for you. Um, you know, knowing that you've got these pretty significant uh, hiring objectives and goals over the coming years, and uh, it being a very unique world of uh, candidates and, and that kind of thing, what is y'all's strategy around that? Is there any um, uh, direction, vision, or any planned out to do that? Yeah, the, the, one of the reasons for San Antonio was there is an automotive footprint here. You have Caterpillar here, Navistar just started, Toyota has been a household name here. Uh, you have a lot of suppliers, uh, big ones like Race Automotive, uh, Tesla's next door. So there was enough automotive gravitas to work for us within the local market. But then you have added benefit of Monterey University, which is basically around the corner. They have a phenomenal automotive program. You have other uh, universities here that are willing to invest in automotive uh, curriculum and they're willing to talk. Um, our, our, our hiring for now this year is we, we are a startup, so we cannot afford to not take experience. So we will work on stealing people from California, Michigan, bringing them here or using them as, as contractors um, and then start to hire local here on maybe a less experienced level, but have a mentorship program. So a good, good example is we've hired local people here for social media. They're not used to automotive at all, but we have some very good contractors in California. So they train them, give them eight months, 12 months, and they can run on their own. So I don't always have to have the local competence here because I can get it somewhere else, but I do need to staff up here because this is where we have our headquarters. So. Get the competence where you can find it and then staff up locally and then build up a training program to lift them up. It will take time, but this year is all about the startup team, lots of experience. And then the next few years is about hiring more junior positions and then bringing them up. It sounds like you got an awesome plan. And obviously if you got the, the, uh, the, the, the new, I want to say new, but it's not really new, the resurging brand, uh, that's definitely something that will compel people to want to, to jump on the ship, right? And yeah, the, I've had no issues so far. I mean, every time we open up a position on Indeed, we get overwhelmed and we have to close it in 48 hours because we wow. just have too many, too many people that react to it. Um, we, we have, we're not going to compete on price. Uh, the market is what the market is. And, and I don't want anybody else to getting angry at us either for stealing people. So that makes no point. Um, but the, the brand is, is a definitely big attractor to, uh, to a lot of people. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I got a question for you. Are you into uh, reading books, podcasts, that kind of thing? How do you develop yourself as a leader? 
Um, I read a lot of newspapers. Um, that, that's my morning. Uh, I have two German newspapers, a French newspaper, two English newspapers, and then the U.S. And that keeps me updated. <laughs> well, so, that, how many questions? How many languages do you speak? Uh, seven at the moment. I'm, I'm okay. learning Spanish. Um, so oh. Spanish is my next one. All right. But I speak French, so it, it helps. It should be an easy transition. Yeah. True. True. Um, well, where are you going to go after Spanish? I mean, if you if you got eight, you might as well just keep going to ten, make it double digits, right? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Spanish is my last one, and I'm losing ones because you don't use them enough. Um, yeah. But you have to remember, I'm coming from. I was born in a country, the Netherlands, and everybody gets four languages at school from elementary through high school. Mm. So it's not a big deal. It is part of your culture because nobody speaks Dutch. You have to speak other languages. <laughs> There's no choice. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Well, uh, if you were to, as I, as I was sharing a moment ago before you mentioned the newspapers, and you're one of the few that I hear talk about newspapers these days. Um, so, so good for you and keeping them in business. Uh, well, oh, that's e-papers on my iPad. I still call them uh, newspapers, but it's uh, electronic versions. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Uh, where would you point a emerging leader if they're wanting to grow today, right? If they're wanting to develop themselves outside of a podcast like this, right? Um, what would you encourage that person to go and do? Get a mentor. Um, and, and preferably outside your industry. Uh, go into your friends, uh, into your family. Uh, find, find somebody's grandpa. Uh, um, Get a mentor, not because they know your business better, but they can help you build as a person. Um, I'm in automotive and some of my best mentors were from the financial world uh, because they forced me to think about things that I never even could think about. Um, one of my oldest mentor is a truck mechanic um, and who, who is dirty, who has to wash himself four hours after every day just to get the grease off his body. But his vision of life and, and, and his viewpoints helped me to think differently. And, and I think a mentor is not about making you a better person at your job. I think a, a mentor is making you a better person, period. Mm -hmm. And once you become a better person, you automatically become a better leader. Um, so I, I'm a strong believer in mentorship. It really, really works. I love that. I had some advice very similar to what you just shared a long time ago, that it was you need to have a coach or a mentor in any area of your life that you want to grow. You want yes. to get And as a leader, you hopefully want to grow, right? Because you're leading people that are looking for the same from you, right? In some capacity yeah. or another. So excellent. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, last question. If you were to go back and tell Yoast 40 years ago, these are the things you need to do to be successful. What would you tell yourself today? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, probably pursue the things I really loved to do more. Um, I've taken some career choices because it was the right thing to do for my career, but it was not where my heart was at. Um, and in the end of the day, I came back to what I love to do, but I think the detour I took by taking jobs because it had a cool title or it had a better salary or 
were not always the right things to do. I think the work-life balance, there is none as a CEO and there is none as a leader because your work is your life. Um, but some of the career choices are not always the right ones. And I think your heart needs to speak louder than your brain or your wallet sometimes. That is fantastic advice. Uh, I, I know I've fallen into those traps as well, and um, I'm so glad you shared that. I, I think for, for people coming up in their leadership journey, they have to have that, that foresight where they will, time's the only thing you can't get back, right? So that's awesome. Very true. Do you have any final closing thoughts uh, for those emerging leaders out there outside of what you just shared? Work hard, have fun, make money. It is, it is not that complicated. The work hard is an automatic. The have fun is an absolute prerogative. The make money is important because it makes your life work. But those are the three things that I've worked with and I've changed the priority when i was younger it was make money work hard have fun and i think i've learned that the work hard is always number one and you can do that privately or in business but to have fun becomes a very very important second part hmm. such such good wisdom there uh yeah if you if you're not having fun along the way then it's work and you shared with me the first time we spoke right uh we're gonna like work crazy, life's crazy <laughs> have fun it doesn't feel like work yeah. Uh, and, and I heard some great wisdom years ago from a, a friend's father. He said, I get to go to work. I don't got to go to work. When you get to go yeah. to work, you're having a blast. That's a phenomenal place that you need to be in. And you'll make money doing it, right? So, well, very cool. Well, Yost, it was an absolute pleasure uh, to sit with you today, to pull some of that wisdom out of your brain and your, your long journey as a leader. And I'm going to be one of your biggest cheerleaders, rooting and cheering for DeLorean's resurgence and uh, just excited to, to see what y'all accomplish. Uh, I know the, the world's been looking forward to it. And uh, for those of us that were growing up in the 80s, we can't wait to see the, not just the quarter panel, but the whole picture. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. And uh, stay tuned. That's the best I can say for now. Sounds good. We'll do. Take care. Thank you.